0: Our God is a God of new beginnings, so take a deep breath. Let go of yesterday. It is gone, buried, done. Embrace this day, for this day is God's gift to you. Lift up your heart, and we're going to learn together how do we find God in this day. In this day, I want to talk to you about what might be called mental and spiritual hygiene. Hygiene doesn't sound like a real glamorous topic, but it's very important. I got together recently, as I do once a year, with five good friends from college days. And when we're together, we don't pay much attention to hygiene, to tell you the truth. So I think it was the last morning, my friend Mark Nelson, you might remember, you've seen him before. He's a philosopher. Uh, he showered himself and did other things to care for himself and showed up at the table beaming and said, gentlemen, you have before you a clean and fragrant Nelson. Well, what would it look like to be clean and fragrant, not just in your body, but also in your mind and your spirit and your heart? We're going to get to that. We're starting in the book of Genesis. And there's a word that will be real important and uh, we'll trace it a little bit and then we'll eventually get to that point. How do you live with good moral and spiritual hygiene today to begin again? We've seen how God says at the very beginning, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. That's Genesis 1:3. And then on the next day, Genesis 1:6, God said, let there be a vault between the waters to separate water from water. So God made the vault and separated the water under the vault from the water above it. And God called the vault sky. The idea here in the ancient world was there's something above us, and there's water on the other side comes down as rain. So God separates the sky from the earth. He's creating weather on the second day. And then it goes on. Let the water under the sky be gathered to one place, and let the dry ground appear. And it was so, and God called the dry ground land, and gathered waters he called seas, and God saw that it is good. The word that keeps occurring here is to separate. God separates light from darkness. God separates the sky from the earth, God separates the dry land from the waters, and He's creating time. He, he binds them together then to make time and to make weather and to make agriculture. God is separating and God is binding for the purpose of shalom. Neil Planiga writes in Not the Way It's Supposed to Be. According to Scripture, God's original design included patterns of distinction and union and distinction within union that would give creation strength and beauty. God digs out oceans, builds hills, plant forests, stock lakes and streams. But the setting for all this activity, as we have seen, is uh, originally a formless void, tohu wa bohu, unformed, unfilled. Everything's all jumbled together. So God does some creative separating. Now, you might know that in the Bible... The word holy means to be separate. It is woven into creation. Separates light from dark, day from night, water from land. At the same thing, God at the same time, God binds things together. He binds humans to the rest of creation as stewards. He binds us to himself. He binds us to each other. Against this background of the original separating and then binding we must see the fall sin as anti-creation, the blurring of distinctions, the rupturing of of, uh, bonds. So with human beings, Um, God makes us capable of becoming one flesh. But Jesus' comment on that is, let no one put asunder what God has joined together. In other words, a very important way of thinking about sin is, sin is separating what God has joined together and trying to join what God has separated. And when we get it wrong, uh, then we experience tragedy. So there is a great distinction, a great separateness from us and God. He's the creator of the creature. The temptation is, eat the fruit and you will be like God. You can blur that distinction. You can be your own little creator. Your ego can be on the throne. But of course, when I try to do that, what happens is I get alienated from God. I am separated from God. I get alienated from my work. I get alienated from the earth. I get alienated from other people. And uh, so the word for the wrong kind of separation is alienation. The word for the wrong kind of joining together is addiction. I fall under its sway or enmeshment. So we're called for to creative separation. Now, you might know in American fundamentalism, one of the main verses, 2 Corinthians 6, 17, come out and be ye separate. The idea of separating yourself was a a key idea in fundamentalism, but it's the wrong kind of separation. It is toxic separatism. I exclude other people from me, and I begin to think that uh, I'm all good, and they and their tribe are all bad, and so to be pure means to have nothing to do with them. And instead of being bound to them in love, I withdraw from them in toxic separation. And by the way, we see this in our day, not just in fundamentalist religion, which gets holiness wrong. When you get separation wrong, you distort the other person and you get puffed up in pride. Niles Ferguson, this historian from Stanford, talks about how this is rampant in our day. Take technology, you go online. Somebody writes about Uh, anything controversial, gun control or climate change or same-sex marriage. And pretty soon, people start separating into our tribe and their tribe. Conservatives retweet conservative tweets and progressives. And he charts how we, we enter into echo chambers where we are just with and reinforce our tribe's sense of superiority and technology, which you would think uh, would now enable us to be united, connected like never before, is actually separating us into different tribes and hostile thoughts more than ever before. So to um, to be redeemed means to uh, allow God once again to bring us into shalom. Separation is always for the purpose of shalom. And Neil Pleniga writes how the word that he uses for cosmic and social wholeness is shalom. The word that he uses for personal wholeness is hygiene. Hugainao, which is a Greek word, was actually used in the Greek translation of the Old Testament to, to translate the Hebrew word shalom. So he calls people, spiritually sound people, who... uh fits this universal design connected with God, others, nature, and self. We might call them impressive manifestations of hygiene. Although it sounds as if it might have something to do with the brushing and flossing away of small particles. uh, Spiritual hygiene is actually wholeness of spirit. Wholeness of what animates and characterizes us. Spiritual hygiene is the wholeness of resources, motive, purpose, character, typical of someone who fits snugly into God's broad design for shalom. A spiritually hygienic person is one who combines strengths and flexibilities, disciplines and freedoms. It is a person who flourishes like a fine sapling rooted in the bank of a dependable stream. So, on the one hand, Paul was saying, you might think about this now for this day in Philippians chapter 4, verse 7. The peace of God will guard your heart and mind. Now, what does it mean to guard something? It means to keep out what shouldn't be there. That is to be separate. That is to be holy. So what do you want kept from your mind today? Fear? Uh, uh, unproductive guilt? Unproductive guilt? Lust, bitterness, ask God to allow your mind to be separated from that. And then what do you want to be connected to? This is spiritual hygiene. Abide in me, Jesus says. God, let there be joy. Let there be peace. Let there be love inside me. Let there be gentleness towards other people. Let there be general. What do you want to abide in today? That's spiritual hygiene. God, would your presence and your peace guard my mind, keep out from me that which will be destructive. And would you keep me abiding in that which will make me healthy and long for what is good. Uh, planet it goes on. The classic longings motivate a sound life. Of course, all these things fail from time to time. Spiritual healthy people know very well the drag of sloth and doubt. They know all about spiritual depression. They know what it is to feel keenly that the world has been emptied of God. That's a sense of alienation. That is why a spiritually sound person disciplines her life by such spiritual exercises as fasting, prayer, confession, worship, reflective walks through cemeteries. She visits boring persons and tries to take an interest in them. Today, call, talk to a boring person. Don't call me because I'll know why you're doing it. But somebody who is, and seek to be interested in them, ponders the lives of saints, compares them to his own. So today, spend as much time on your spiritual and mental hygiene as you do on your physical hygiene. When you take your shower, when you brush your teeth, when you wash your face, um, when you launder your clothes. Today, ask God, God, free me from toxic guilt, shame, fear, lust, bitterness. God, connect me to love, joy, peace, patience. Today, you can experience spiritual hygiene is a gift from god that's the end of our teaching that's the beginning of your day with god thanks for joining us my name is tim i'm a part of the team here at become new If you'd like to receive the emails that go along with each video, you can let us know at becomenew.com slash subscribe. Or if you'd like to receive a text alert whenever we release a new video, you can text the word become to the number 855-888-0444. If you have a prayer request, please let us know. You can text that request to that same number, 855-888-0444. There's a group of us who meet every day to pray over those requests. So we look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.